When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. McFarlane, McFarlane Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. Oh, man, my voice is not good today. What were you, partying? I, I was yelling. I was screaming. I was just running around my neighborhood yelling. Red Sox, Red Sox, baseball, baseball, offseason, how glorious it is. That's it's exactly not what glorious at all. After everything that's been coming out today, it's not glorious at all. No? Oh, really? Are you kidding me? I, I've never been like less confident about Xander returning. I mean, oh, it's not like my confidence interval is like high or like extremely low, but I I think Heim's mucking it up. Well, as I as I wrote today, Coop, I don't know why all of a sudden you have the Plan A guy. Where was the play? If why is he the Plan A guy now? Why couldn't he have been the plan A guy in April, in March? Should only be, it, there shouldn't be a plan A. It should just be the only plan. Well, I, listen, I mean, listen, I mean, Coop, the thing is, and I, I keep saying this, is that by saying that Xander Bogarts is the plan A, is the be-all, end-all, is the top priority, it, You know, I know that the, what they're trying to do, they're trying to say to the public, say, we are really, really trying to get this guy. But it, now you sort of back yourself in the corner. If you don't get this guy, then that's a bad look. It's a bad look for an organization that they always got their guy, always when they really wanted him. Lester? Oh, when they really wanted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 When they really they wanted, they listen, go out and get it. I don't know if you were on the podcast. Were you on the podcast with Lester when he's talking about how they went to his house and gave him like the scrapbook? Like, yeah. What are we doing? I mean, Honest to God, like I, I tweeted out during the the Cooperstown uh, Poppy's induction because the, the Red Sox had like an ugly loss, and I, I like I just said, all right, Heim's on the hot seat right now. Like you can't feel the team at this point in the season that's supposed to be, you know, coming off the season that they had that last year. You can't galvanize around anything. They lost for the Jerry Remy game. They lost for the uh, the Eck game. I'm pretty sure they lost in the Poppy game. So you never had a team that was actually galvanized around anything, which you know wait, goes back wait, to the clubhouse. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. You're identifying a team because they've lost on three random days. The Rich Hill Marathon Day, another one on the nose. Okay, four yeah. right, right, four random. You're, the, you're so that, the guy that always you were the guy that always clamors that the, uh, the clubhouse guy, the glue guy, matters, right? And sure. that this team never had any of that. You, how many games in a season? 162. 162. Yeah. Yeah. For four random games, you're defining a team like. Yeah, I think I think if you can't win in big moments like that, then don't even like think about the playoffs. <laughs> so I don't want to. It's so what? It's so what? It go no no no. Go ahead. This is this is no, what this it's, podcast. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I think there's dumber out there. You ever heard of the? Uh, that's, what's, that's fair. That's fair. Papa John's has pushed out some really bad uh, pizza content out there. All so. right. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, not not dumb. <laughs> Man, this, is, this is what we do. This, this is supposed to be who says no Wednesday, and uh, we're we're, I, we're all we're all fired up. I'm bothered. Who says yeah. no to high? Me. All right. Well, listen. I mean, I know I know that 
we we need to default to smart people and we have a smart person on with us to continue this this line of smart people that we have on who says no wednesdays it's been a rousing success fake trade proposals but all trade proposals heim bloom should take a heart they should basically we we should print out a list and give them to him because i think all of the ones that we've had so far including i don't care keep going after otani keep going after him i don't care what they say Keep going after. They're just going to say no. That's that's what they're going to say. Hey, you don't know. You'll never know unless you ask. By the way, I was right about that. Just saying, <laughs> Coop was right. I know that hashtag. Is, the guy is that's hot. dumb. The hashtag is red hot. Um, all right. Well, the next up in line of, of smart people is Pat Brown. Pat, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. There is. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, you just like they're just like, all right, mom and dad are done arguing. How's it going, son? He's <laughs> just <laughs> you want to weigh in? You want to weigh in on, on on anything we said, Pat? Anything at all? Yeah, I, I'm going to touch upon Coop, Coop defining a team based on four Memorial games. That's stupid. Wait, it's stupid. You you can't you, defend you, that. You were with me at Cooperstown. You were upset about that game, were you not? Yeah, I was upset about it, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like mid July. I'm like, throw it away, trade everyone. It's it's like a meaningful game. I should get they it. Have traded everyone. That, the end result of the season. Should they have traded and tried to build this team for 2023? That's everyone. Hindsight 2020. This stay. This stay with the the bizarre take that you have with it. That because they didn't win on a game that they carted someone out to throw out the first pitch. That that that's going to define what their season. That wasn't. But like that wasn't the main point because you cut me off. Oh, all right. Listen, My point right. was that Heim would be on the hot seat coming into this offseason if he did not like make any big moves. He is officially on the hot seat for me right now. If he does, if he does not bring Xander back, like or or you know extends Devers. What if? Okay, so Toss what if, the Wolves? What if? What if they don't sign Xander? Let's play this out before we get to Pat's. Who says no? What if they don't sign Xander? They bring in Carlos Correa or Trey Turner. All right, they can probably get the job done, but it's still like it's a product on the field that I'm not happy with. Okay, fair, fair. So I mean, like you got to you got to win the AL East for me to be happy with that. That's fair. I mean, I I can't take your heart away from you. I can't take. I am a dumb fan. I've said that multiple times on this program. This That's fine, fine clear, program. Clearly, clearly, you're all riled up over the Rich Hill game. <laughs> like, look, you right, went for Rich Hill, Pat. Uh, First of all, welcome. Give your Twitter handle, Pat, because I'm going to get the numbers mixed up on your handle. All right. Twitter handle is at PatBrown954. Okay. Who could forget that? What's the 954 stand for? I think when I was like 12 and got my first like tablet for Christmas, it was the generic Gmail I got. So I've been sticking with it for everything. It's, and now it's your brand. I mean, it's and tattooed it's all over your body. Yeah, it's right, right on the back shoulder blade. Nine five four. All Google. Like a Jason Tatum tattoo. Yeah, the big Jason Tatum brown, and then the jersey number says nine five four. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good that you're owning your bizarre random uh, Twitter handle. But but your brand has never been hotter, Pat. I know that because you have come up have come up with some great great fake trades. You are you. We called on you. To have the honor, the ring of honor, which is who says who says no Wednesday, and you are are living up to that that responsibility. So let's get right to it. I'm so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, your trades that you put, and then you're going to explain them, and then we'll weigh in. All right, 
All right. Cool. You want me to ask you what you're thinking on the trades? I mean, you can if you want. (laughs) Packets deep. Like, there are some names on here that, like, I had. Well, I like this. This is good. It's 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 because we've had we've had a whole um, variety of of people weighing in, and like Coley Coley was the shock and awe last week. That was the shock and awe. Who says no Wednesday? Yeah. All right, but but Pat had Pat d- dives deep into systems, into uh, trades that actually could happen. All right, here we go. As uh, the time honored tradition of trading with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Red Sox get ooh, the Red Sox get Brian Reynolds and David Bednar for Sedan Rafaela, Brian Mata, Blaze Jordan, and Cutter Crawford. Ooh, all right, Pat, what do you got? All right, so the rationale behind this is just kind of the Pirates trying to avoid a whole royals Whit merrifield situation, holding on to an outfielder way too long that it diminishes what they get back. Like if the Royals flipped Merrifield two, three years ago, they get a much better return than they just got from Toronto. And then from the outside looking in, the Pirates farm system is Henry Davis, who's a catcher, Tamar Johnson, middle infield, Quinn Priester, who's a starting pitcher, Leo Verpuguero, who's also a middle infielder, Nick Gonzalez, who's also middle infielder, and then Andy Rodriguez, who's kind of like a Dalton Varshow catching outfield kind of guy. So from the outside looking in, they have no top corner infield prospects in the system, and they lack an outfield if you don't count Andy Rodriguez. So the rationale here was kind of sending Rafaela back the other way. It's a big price because Rafaela just absolutely exploded this year. Brian Mata, who adds to the lack of starting pitching depth behind Quinn Priester. Blaze Jordan, who I feel like kind of depending on what outlet you're looking at, there's a lot of different reads on Blaze Jordan. I know Sox Prospect has him at like 16, but MLB Network has him at 9 or 10. So he's kind of like a boom or bust, I feel like. not Never really going to be a high average guy, but he'll hit for power. And then Cutter Crawford's more of a depth rotation piece for the time being. If he develops into something, he develops into something. If not, middle relief guy. And I know it sounds like a lot on paper, the price for Reynolds and Bednar. But my whole thought process was if you get Reynolds now, you get a 27-year-old outfielder who's all-star caliber, three years of team control. He has three years of arbitration. And then the other piece coming back is an emerging closer in David Bednar who has four years of team control. So you're getting... Two young guys coming back the other way who are both obviously major league ready, plug into major holes in the Sox lineup. And the Sox are more or less dealing from a surplus in this sense with like guys like Nico Cavadas and Tristan Casas, Blaze Jordan's kind of flexible going, going out. And then with Brian Bale looking like a stud, Wickelman Gonzalez is a couple of years away, but he's looking ready. Brandon Walter, those kind of guys. Brian Mata is a little bit higher up than those other guys, but at the same time, to get a return like we get here, I feel like you're going to have to give something up above those guys, which I think Brian Mata feels pretty well. All right, Coop, go ahead. Um, I am all for sharing up the pitching staff. I'm so, I, I can't say no. Anything that can help complement, like you said, like it's something that can kind of complement Bayo. I'm for that. Bayo is, I've said it on the first who says no. Bayo is my untouchable because he is someone that I want to see the Red Sox build around. So a move like this, like you said, it can only help him out. It can only help out the pitching staff. 
sign of approval from Coop. The good news Steel too is that I think Brian Bayo pitched well on the uh, Alex Verdugo bobblehead night. So that was that was a good sign. Just bobbleheads every night make so, it happen. They, that, they got the Liverpool money now, so they can start doing that. We know that the Red Sox are defined on the how they did. What was their record on bobblehead nights, Coop? I don't know. Oh, that's a stat that I would not. I don't even yeah. think sock like sock uh, I, stats I, would be able to pull that. Random the fighting seasons with random nights. Uh, pull up like, ten and zero. Pull up the sock stats tweet. I'm sure they tweeted out at some point. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I I can't. I like it. I like it. You have control over these guys for a while. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think that it'll be interesting to see with Rafaela. In hindsight, how much of the he was the best prospect the Red Sox have ever had in their organization's history was them building him up or was it reality? And he defensively, he's obviously awesome. And with Kike Hernandez living on a one-year contract, it makes all the sense in the world that you would slide in Rafaela there because that's that. those are the two guys, Rafaela and Mata that could potentially, I think that Mata you could move on from if you're especially going to get these guys under control. But I, I like the deal, and once again, I mean, I'm just sort of every time Rafaela's name comes up, I'm sort of curious about how they actually view him. And there's a there's a lot there's a very easy path for him to be their center fielder in two years. But he's, you know, that's a big leap of faith. It's a big leap of faith, and I can't. They were so over the guys. They were so over the top in singing his praises. I know that he had a good year. But it was crazy. It was. Hey, you were high on him when we had him on. Oh, everybody was. Yeah, like every everybody was. It was nuts. I, I, you know, I, the people up in Portland is the best prospect they've ever seen, so forth and so on. And Coop, yeah, you, know, you were there. You were there at the All Star game. Like he's um, he's op- awesome defensive player, no question about it. I can't get past how small he is, though, and that's my own thing. Hey, Mookie so, Betts was small too. You you talked right, to him about that, but you know, like you were there with Mookie too. Like Mook, it's just I don't know. I, I it's unfair because he's Rafael is so so young. But anyway, in synopsis, I like this deal. Um, you're one for one. All Brad right, Fo, Brad Fo seal of approval there. There you go. I sure. I mean, I don't think I've disapproved of any trade so far. In these in, in, the, yeah. in the round that we've you've, had. Given, you've given your hesitancy before. Well, I've said the ones that they they haven't they wouldn't do. Yeah, I, the the like the ones where, and most of them are you give up a crapload of prospects for the guy with two years of control or a year of control. It's just like that's no Heimblum's on the other side of those deals. All right, next one. Here we go. Trevor Stefan and Zach Plesac for Bobby Dahlback, my guy Chris Murphy. And the guy they got for Christian Vasquez, Emmanuel Valdez. Do explain that. So this is, I think, of the three that I kind of put on here, I think this is the most likely kind of like down Himes Alley in the sense it's he's getting a young, controllable guy who's kind of a project piece in Plesak. He's getting, who had a really good year in uh, Trevor Stefan. And he's giving up Bobby Dahlbeck, who's a change of scenery guy. He's flashed the power before. Not great defensively, but with Hosmer opting in, Casas obviously your everyday first baseman. I don't really see how Dahlbeck fits on the roster for next year. 
Chris Murphy, I think, is the three or four ranked starting pitcher in the system. Likely projects as like a back of the rotation guy or at worst, uh, like I said, with kind of Cutter Crawford, a middle relief guy, get you multiple innings out of the pen. And Emmanuel Valdez, let's say we do keep a Sedan Rafaela. He's a guy who might be blocked down the road after absolutely lighting up AAA this year between Houston and Boston. So the Guardians I have been like rumored to be willing to move Plesak for a couple of years now because of the whole COVID regulation dilemma in Cleveland a couple of years ago with uh, Mike Clevenger. And then this past season, he had that weird injury where he got lit up and he ripped his shirt off and broke his thumb and his agency dropped him. Like that's a guy that they're, they're willing to move. And then on top of that, they just have starting pitching depth like no one else. They have Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, Aaron, uh, Savali, Pickleton. And then their top prospect, Daniel Espino, will likely be up this year. So th- that right there is six or seven starting pitchers. Plesak, I would guess, of the bunch is the most likely to go, even with Bieber being up in a couple of years. And then the same thing can be said for the bullpen on the Guardian side. Absolutely loaded. We saw it in the postseason. Uh, Manuel Classe, Eli Morgan, James Karinchak, De Los Santos. Like those are four guys that would probably be top two in the Sox pen. So I think in that sense, Stefan's relatively expandable as well. They are, they'll kill you with contact. The Cleveland lineup outside of Jose Ramirez, they really struggled uh, to produce power. They take a risk with Bobby, hoping he can kind of do that. They get Emmanuel Valdez, who kind of fits their mold of like a do-it-all outfielder. Again, he might also produce some pop. And then Chris Murphy is just adding right into their uh, organizational depth pitching-wise. All right, cool. Go ahead. I like pitching. <laughs> I mean, Zach, Zach Plesic isn't the guy that I want from the Guardians. I do like pitching. I do like Guardians pitchers, but it's Shane Bieber that I want. And to, to go back on this whole, I mean, like I said, I'm a dumb fan. Um, so, like, when I think Plesic, I think of, you know, Chris Sale 2.0. And the fact that, like, and I, I was never one of the guys that was just, like, Chris Sales, like a drama queen or whatever, because of what he did this past season. But when you start having like so many cases of it and you're breaking your hand because of it, I don't see that going down well with some of the fan base here. Uh, but that's not what matters. That's not what Heim cares about. Heim cares about prospects. Heim cares about trying to build up a team for the future. And so I think he would go for this one. I think he would be in. Well, I mean, you go, you talk about that. Remember, one of the guys in the Mookie Betts trade, Alex Verdugo. I mean, he came he came with baggage. He did. I mean, you had to weather that storm, and they knew that was coming. They knew yep. that that first press conference, it was going to be a lot of that stuff. So, so far, um, it hasn't been an issue. It has been Boston's well, golden boy, some might say. Uh, he's he's been a likable guy. He's a fan might. favorite. You can't, you can't deny he's a fan favorite. I think he's a sometime fan favorite. Pat, what do you think? Fan favorite or not fan favorite? I think generally fan favorite, That's but I feel like, but I feel like there have been times where he'll misplay ball in the outfield, make a bad throw, a stupid base running mistake, which was kind of common this past season, and it's very, it's very fickle. Like fans will turn on him quickly when he does stuff like that. Yeah. But generally, I would say fan That's favorite. that's the yeah. thing that hurts him. Is he's a streaky guy. Did we make up a bumper sticker? Um, Alex Verdugo colon generally a fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would smack that on the uh, what is it, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini that he has. 
the t-shirts are on the way. All right. Uh, so I think that I don't know if the gardens, you'll go for it. I don't, from the Red Sox perspective, there's nothing here that's going to kill you. There's nothing here that's going to kill you, which is, you know, I think Bobby Dahlback, we can all agree. I think he's a major league hitter. I think he just needs to find a new place to hit. And, and, and listen, I mean, the fact is, is that you have, they have their first baseman coming up or they think they do. I don't know if they're going to hang on to Bobby Dahlbeck, give him another chance, you know, not maybe make the same mistake that they made with Dahlbeck this year where they thought he was going to play 80% of the time. Maybe they think that with Casas and he takes a turn for the worse and they don't have anyone sitting there. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to approach Dahlbeck, but certainly, you know, if you're going to get something good back for him, you trade him. Uh, Chris Murphy, I like Chris Murphy a lot. I think he's going to be a major league pitcher, but uh, probably back of the rotation guy, as you said. You know, he's uh, he's not a big guy, which isn't the be all end all, but it's it's something that you sort of you have to you have to look at. You know, in some respects, in terms of workload and workhorse and everything else. Emmanuel Valdez, everyone fallen in love with because of not only because of like his numbers, but they genuinely like the way he hits. I talked to scouts. And they said, like, this kid's good, but problem is he doesn't have a place to play. Um, so, you know, but I don't think any of these guys would hurt the Red Sox to give up for what you're getting back. So, yes, two for two. I am going to say it, two for two. Wow. 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 Hot street. My, my mouth suggests that you are hitting a 1,000. This is where we take a turn. This yeah. is where we take the turn. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, but, Okay. I gotta have to check Carlos Correa to see if these stats are if the stats that I'm using is are okay. Did you see that? Did you see him like tell us all what stats we should prioritize? My he's life has changed. He's a Boris guy, right? Oh yes. Yeah, of course he's gonna tell you what stats are okay and what are aren't okay to use. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I did. I, I, it made me think. That's all I want. I just stared at a wall for 15 minutes thinking about these stats. Just ponder. You don't have to go to an art museum to to. You know, no. be enlightened. You just have to have a, a Carlos Correa quote. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, here we go. Number three, always the blockbuster. Always the blockbuster. This is the, the part of the program which we enjoy the most. Here we go. Zach Gallon for, ooh, talk about hurting. Yeah. This will hurt. Miguel Blaze, our guy, Miguel Blaze. The, who we were ahead of the curve on Coop. We were ahead of the curve on well. That was a, that was a tough first name to read. It was tough to write. Yeah. By the way, I saw Miguel Blaze seemingly blow out his knee in the Rich Hill Sim game down in Fort Myers. Talk about something that was not covered. Pot, That's pot. on you to cover. You're you're the journalist here. I know, but you know my my journalist instinct said wait exactly for thirty seconds to see if he gets up and walks away, and he did. Like Mufasa everybody else and, um, tweeted that. Simba, you just you're just pounding on him. Get up, get up. Yes, I'm. Well, yes, I'm yelling. that's my Disney reference yeah, I'm, for the. I'm the yelling episode. through the screen. Get up, Miguel. Yeah. Get up. Anyway, all right. Zach Gallon for Miguel Blaze, Nick York, Brandon Walter. Do tell. So the only comp trade I could really think of here was Chris Sale. I'm not saying Zach Gallon was Chris Sale level when we got him, but. Wait, really? before you go, Pete, Pat, before you go on, what is what, what is the control of Zach Allen right now? He has three more years of arbitration. 
So you have okay. three years. He's, he's going into his first year of arbitration this year. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Go ahead. So three years of arbitration for which who was debatably should have been an NL Cy Young finalist this year. Lit it up. His record wasn't great because he plays with Diamondbacks, but sub three ERA. He's 27 years old. When healthy, stud. You get three years of him, which was, I think, what we got for Chris Sale. might have been two. And when we traded for Sale, we gave up Yoan Moncada, who was the number one prospect in the MLB. And you also gave up Michael Kopech, who was a surefire ace at the time. So that was a giant price to pay for a controllable young ace. And he was also 28 at the time when we got him. So roughly same age, roughly same team control. D-backs are young and they have a loaded farm system. Farm system, they have uh, Drew Jones, who they just drafted. Dalton Varsho is young. He's a stud out in center field. He hit almost 30 home runs this year. Alec Thomas, Jordan Lawler, Dre Jamison, Ryan Nelson. Those are a bunch of young guys who are going to take a couple of years to develop and build a contender. And honestly, by the time they do develop that talent, Zach Allen is likely going to be up contract-wise. So moving on from him now, maybe it makes sense. I doubt it. But maybe they move on from him just so that they can have a full young core moving on after the three years. Sox-wise, it's a ton to pay. Miguel Blaze sounds like the second coming of a healthy Ronald Acuna. I know everybody's high on him, super young. It, it's, it would stink to give him up. But for three years of team control, for an ace, that's what you're going to have to pay. Nick York had a down year this past year. Rumors he's bouncing back in fall league. He made a couple swing adjustments. So he's another one, Heim's first first-round pick that he ever made. That's a little bittersweet to send off. But again, it's kind of the price that comes with it. And then Brandon Walter is an older AAA arm, 26. If healthy, he probably would have been up this year, but he had some injury stuff going on. So for the D-backs, you get who projects to be a superstar outfielder. You get at least a solid middle infielder to pair with Jordan Lawler in a couple of years in New York. Brandon Walter probably plugs into their rotation now because it's not that strong. And those are three young guys they get back who will kind of be in that new era of young talent. Cool. I was out on the Chris Sale trade when it happened. I I I ate my words on that because he helped. I mean, he won the 2018 World Series for us, showing off your your baseball isn't boring koozie there. I saw that fiddling with the mic. You're not sly. Baseball isn't boring, by the way. BB isn't boring. Follow that socials, whatever. Um, But I'm I'm gonna be out on this one because I want to see what Miguel Blaze can do. Um, I. If if Heimblum is in the mentality that 2023 is a win now season, I can see him pulling trigger on this. I'm not sure if the other side would be willing to do this as well, but I, I there is possibility there. I just I I'm out on it just because I'm the Chris Sale thing. I, I got to stick true to my bad my bad sports take, so I'm going to stick true to this one. I don't want another pitcher that's just going to bottom out. You're saying Chris Sale bottomed out? He inevitably did. <laughs> yes, Am I wrong? Did. Am I? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, again. If you stick to a take long enough, it, a broken clock will be right twice. Fair, more, right? Fair. Fair. That's fair. Um, so, I don't think 
I don't think the Diamondbacks do this. I don't think they do it. And you know, I I think the three years with 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 Sale three years. Let's see, seventeen, eighteen, yeah, nine, yeah, three years, right? It was the same thing with Blake Snell. Those those sort of deals, but it's a good comp. I like that. Um, but think about that. Go back to Sale. You, yeah, I know they gave up four guys, but the two guys they gave up, Mankata, I believe at the time might have been the second rank prospect in baseball, maybe even the first. But he was he was as much as we love Miguel Blaze, Mankata was more than Miguel Blaze. And and then Nick York, he's shown some promise in the Arizona Fall League, and he was a first round pick. But still, you know, he has to produce. And Brendan Walter, like, they love him, and he, they've been stiff-arming all these teams that want him. But as you said, I mean, he's a little bit older, coming off injuries. There's there's a lot of things to like about these players you're giving up. There, I think all three of these guys will be in the major leagues, and I think I do think, I much like yourself, Coop, I want to see Miguel Blaze running around, not on field five at JetBlue Park, but on – the green, green grass of Fenway Park. How, where do you think he ends up finishing off the season this upcoming 2023? Like, how high will he reach in the farm system? Uh, high A? Okay, so not Portland quite yet. No, I don't think. No. I mean, he's what? He's still. Did he turn 19 yet? You mean. Did, I don't, even, I don't yeah. even know about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he may be 13. I, I'm not positive. He's got but the Raphael Deverdeans. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. So I, I, I just don't think, I think that you're going to need more um, for, for them to give up Zach Gallon. I just do this. It's a great comp though. It's like the sale. Th- well, actually, yeah, it's a great comp. Like the March sale. birthday, by the way, 2004, he's 18. Did you look at Blake, the Blake Snell deal at all? Because Blake Snell sort of lined up with Chris Sale, the Chris Sale deal too. I think he had three years. So, um, yeah, but those type of deals, those are, those are the heart. The, 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 and, and you, Coop, you said, uh, well, if it's win now in 2023. No, it's not that. It's if they feel like they can win in the next three years with that guy, with Gallon. That's true. But, That's true. But I think that the since they have Brian Bayo sitting there, since they have some other guys – they're not dealing from from such a position of weakness where you're like, oh, we don't have any starting pitchers. And I think that the idea of turning over their outfield to Miguel Blaze at some point is too tantalizing. And, and again, I don't think Arizona would do it just because I think that for them, they just need – I mean, go look at whatever the top five prospects are in baseball, find those guys, put them in a deal. That's where you start. I might be wrong. I like it though. It's a great blockbuster. It's a good one. Sort of. Yeah. Does that mean we're we're two out of three? What's, uh, the, what's the final? Well, I, don't, I mean, I just don't think I don't think Arizona would do it. I that's like yeah. That's so I don't know. I mean, I, I he's Pat is three for three in terms of actually good conversation, thought provoking trades. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I think I, I will take that gladly. Isn't that what baseball is all about? The conversations, about the thought provoking. I mean, if this if this was true baseball, we would be happy with just one one out of three of them. But Pat, Pat, Pat but this is why this is why we're sitting here and we're doing the exercise of 
of the free agents and everything. But the, the trade stuff is far more entertaining because, number one, this is the type of stuff that's going to happen, but we have no idea where it's going to come from. We have no idea. It, it, it's, this, is how the, this is how, when you look at the free agent market, it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. I mean, other, once, once Judge gets claimed, I mean, really, what's well, I mean, going to be the good highlight players, of the but like DeGrom, DeGrom, I guess, but... I feel like it when falls Ed, off after like the top six, right? DeGrom, right. Judge, I mean, when, the shortstop, that's it. When Edwin Diaz is getting going to get five years, whatever, a hundred million, whatever it is, like this is crazy. It's you're you're, and this is when when they talk about these deals, the Red Sox are going to have to get uncomfortable because everyone has to get uncomfortable in free agency. You know where you don't have to necessarily get uncomfortable if you evaluate your trades correctly, but it's impossible for us to to know who they're going to trade or what they're going to trade. I don't know. But Rob, I, listed I, like, my, I listed my untouchables a couple weeks ago. Oh, you I, did? I didn't see yeah. that. Uh, well, no, I said it on the podcast here. Thanks, oh. thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it was just Marcelo Meyer and Bayo were my untouchables. That's it? Um, yeah. I mean, those are the only two guys that I really want to see come up and you know make their debut. Well, Bayo already made his debut. Not Miguel Blaze? He's not untouchable for you? I I don't know because he's had he really just popped up this past season like we were like even taken aback when um when we first heard about him and you know he has been great but it's also kind of like he's only been at like the low levels competing against younger guys and college guys so like I I still want to see what he can do and I hope to see like good stuff but I mean if Shohei Otani comes across the radar and Miguel Blaze is on well on the speaking dock, of which you know, all right yeah. Pat, we're going to test you, okay? okay? If you if you answer this uh, with great acumen, then you have a, a lifelong invitation to this podcast. Okay. Give me an Otani trade. Oh, I think you're going to say uh, Joe Kelly. <laughs> That's true. How do we get Joe Kelly to Boston? There we go. <laughs> Three-way deal involving Shohei Otani. All right. Off the dome. Last draft, the Angels took, I think, 20 starting pitchers. Yep. So off the bat, Joe Adele hasn't panned out. They traded Brandon Marsh. They need young bats. I'm going to go Rafaela, Meyer, Blaze, Wickelman Gonzalez, Brandon Walter, and Edison Paulino. Okay. And so the second part of that, do you, if you make that deal, do you make it contingent on Otani signing a deal? Because obviously, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That was a test. That was a test. I'm, I like that. I'm a fan of that <laughs> because and Marcelo you, Meyer, my untouchable, was there. But like I said, because you know, Otani and he's signed. You do like pitching. I and, love pitching. And, I like the long and, ball too, and that's the that's and, a one-two combo, right? Well, there, there you go. I mean, the perfect guy to get. As I told, as I told Heim Bloom on our podcast, I said I have the 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 thing that would solve all his problems. They need home runs and they need a closer. That would automatically my circle back to what I started this podcast off with. He's taking off the hot seat if he can get Shohei Otani. Okay. <laughs> I I put that on the table. If he can get me Shohei Otani, everything's forgiven. Wow! Hold on. Yeah, big of me. Let me t- let me text. Yeah, I'm sure. Right I'm now. sure he'll love and appreciate that. If you feel bad about yourself, you'll feel a lot better if you trade for Shohei Itani. 
If you get Shohei Otani, you will generally be a fan favorite. But he's yes, just sitting there. He's reading that. Like, why, not, why didn't I think of that? But you, you could take generally, you will be more of a fan favorite than Alex Verdugo. All right. <laughs> All right, Pat. You're part of the family. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks. it. You're fun. Good times. I had a great time. Well, we're going to have – Coop, I think it's about time that we get the whole crew together for one big – Oh, a round table? Wednesday. Don't you think? I, I would love that. I think it would just be chaotic. Like you just I say, know. all right, guys, have well, that. That's going to be the challenge. The, the challenge will be to, like, the, the moderator. But the who's – I think – how many have we had now? Six? Five People or six? Want? I think we've only had four. No. Right? No, no. We've had Gordo. Yeah. We've had Coley. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to count on the hand that I'm holding my mic with. Um, what, we had Sam? Yep. We had Big Sox guy? Yep. Five. We've had five. Okay. That was a happy medium. I said four. You said six. Meet in the middle. So I think it's I think it's about that time we do the uh, the Hollywood squares of, um, of uh, Who Says No Wednesday. I think that'd be great. We... Ready? All right. Workshop this right now. We bring on the wheel. We we love using the wheel on this show. We we do the wheel. Every person has to we'll like throw a name out there. Like say we throw Shohei Otani out there. Each person has to come up with one name of who to add to the uh the trade block, but they all have to somewhat like complement each other and it has to work out, and then you give your final approval. How about okay. that? You like that? You lost me at wheel, but I, whatever whatever the wheel's involved, you know I'm all in. I love the wheel. It's all about the wheel. Wheels of cheese, wheels on cars. We're (laughs) a wheel podcast. All right. Well, we're going to work. We have a week to figure this out. All right. Save the date, Pat. Save the date. You got it. All right. Good job. My calendar.